Hello and welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. We are continuing with some reflections in 1 and 2 Samuel and we fast forward today to 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verses 1 to 9. I've entitled this reflection The King of My Heart and excitingly we reach a really critical point in what theologians call salvation history. Here is a big moment in the dealings of God with his people. And so with that in mind, we come to our God in prayer and we ask for him to be with us. Yes, Lord, thank you for salvation history. Thank you for the grand sweep of the history of your dealings with your people. And Lord, we thank you today for our own salvation history. We thank you and we praise you for the time when we turned our life over to you, when we saw your son, the Lord Jesus, as our saviour, when we looked to him and received the Holy Spirit, received forgiveness, received new life. Lord, our hearts are full as we think about these things. We give you thanks and praise And we ask now that you would take us deeper, take us deeper in understanding and appreciation, take us deeper in Christian living, help us to be mature as believers. Speak to us by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Samuel chapter 8 and beginning at verse 1 and reading through to verse 9. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly, and let them know what the king who will reign over them will claim as his rights. Well, a pivotal moment in the history of God's dealings with Israel and a pivotal moment, as I said, in salvation history. Request comes for a king. 
And if you know the sweep of the Bible's grand narrative, you might be asking a question at this point. And the question might be, what is wrong with this request? If you are thinking that, I think that it's a really good question because a king was always part of God's plan. David comes as the Lord's anointed later on in the books of Samuel and God is with him. And we fast forward to Jesus. He is God's anointed king. Christ, Messiah, literally means God's anointed It's a hymn, Hail to the Lord's Anointed, which has the line in it that Jesus is great David's greatest son. I think that's really, really powerful and true. So a king's part of God's plan. David was part of God's plan. Jesus is obviously absolutely essential to God's plan. And he is the king. What's wrong with this request for a king As we dig into this question, verse 5 is absolutely key. Let's remind ourselves of what the people say. You're old, your sons do not follow your ways, they say to Samuel. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. Such as all the other nations have. That's the point. That's the key. They want a king, okay, but they want a king like the kings in all the other nations. Those kings could do what they wanted. They had immense power that was often used for personal gain to oppress and manipulate. They promised protection, but then people were slaughtered in their armies They promised wealth and fulfilment, and then they siphoned the country's riches off for themselves. Yes, God wanted a king, but a very different king to this other pattern, the kings that the other nations had. The Lord's anointed would be the servant king, the one who came not to be served but to serve and to give his life that we might live. So there are two types of kingship. There is a a kingship that is, yeah, the Lord's anointed, but bowing the knee to Father God and worshipping him. David, at least to an extent, fulfills that pattern in 1 and 2 Samuel, and Jesus fulfills it perfectly. Or you could have a king such as all the other nations have. King Saul, who's going to emerge in Samuel, is a king like that. A king who oppresses and manipulates. A king who promises much and delivers little. So which king will we follow? Which king do we want to rule over us? Those may sound strange questions, so let me try and explain. Sure, we don't have a king in a literal sense, but we can still talk about what rules our hearts. Maybe materialism, perhaps consumerism, possibly a career path pursued to fulfil selfish ambition. 
perhaps trust in a merely human leader. These things promise wealth, fulfilment, security, yet they always fail to deliver. Kings such as all the other nations have. They promise much, they deliver something, maybe for a short while, but if they're our focus, our king, they'll always disappoint. The alternative is to serve the Lord's anointed, to serve the Christ, to serve the Messiah. So the question that I want to leave us with today is, who is the king of our hearts? What rules our hearts? What is our pursuit? What is our focus? Is it perhaps career? And there are many who are pursuing that. Is it perhaps material comfort and ease? Are we consumed by consumerism, admired in materialism? These are false gods. These are kings such as all the other nations have. Christians can sometimes be drawn away and can have a foot in both camps. We, we want to serve the Lord's anointed. We want to love Jesus, but we keep on getting pulled away, pulled away, and we end up giving our hearts to other things. May God strengthen us that we might follow the Lord's anointed, not half-heartedly, but wholeheartedly. May he be the king of our hearts. Let's come to our God in prayer and pray these things into our lives today. Lord, we recognise that in our reading we're at a critical moment in the history of your dealing with your people. And we want to give you thanks and praise today for the one true king, Jesus. Lord David was your anointed, but really he was a, a pale shadow of the one who was to come, Jesus Christ, Messiah, the anointed one. And Lord, today, very simply, we pray that we wouldn't give our hearts to another, that we wouldn't have a desire for a king such as all the other nations have. Help us to be different. Help us to be distinctive. Help us to be salt and light in your words. Different because we follow Jesus. Different because he is the king of our hearts. Lord, we want to make this real and practical. So we pray that rather than pursuing material gain, rather than pursuing selfish ambition, we will focus on you today and follow the servant king. Help us to do this in concrete and real and practical everyday ways. Help us to do it in the small things and the large things, in our homes, in our neighbourhoods as we go online and we engage with different people in our places of work, on our front lines, Lord, wherever we go today and tomorrow, strengthen us. Your Son, the Lord Jesus, is the King of our hearts. We give him full allegiance. 
Help us to work this out in a myriad of practical ways that really cut ice with the world. And help us to do that today and tomorrow in the strength and the power that you give. In Jesus' name. Amen.